Kunde. Estrada. Montose. Honda. So Parth, what have you been eating? You seem... <gasps> Something's different. Yeah. Trent, those are the exact same words you used when we did our first in-person recording. And uh, funny thing about Parth and I's in-person recordings, we've only done them twice. One was the intro and outro for the Judas and Black Messiah interview. But the first, the only ever full episode that we've done in person was for... Evil Dead and... Well, well, well the Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, which is Evil Dead 3. Yes, and it's funny because here we are to discuss uh, the Evil Dead 2013 remake, and the universe has forced us together uh, against our best efforts. It's true. I wanted to be about half a mile away right now. That's true. But here I am staring you in the face. Trent's Wi-Fi at home is not working. My Wi-Fi isn't working. And that's that's really the only circumstance under which I'll allow him to come into my home, but it's what we do. Yeah, we're improvising, people. But what have you been eating? Well, thank you for asking. As you could, as you've been seeing me do, I've been munching down on these scorching barbecue Pringles chips, uh, which I had as you were having. Tell us, Trent, what were you having? Um, I had a bacon egg and cheese and a smoothie from the In and Out Deli located in New Brunswick. Stop mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. Ricardo mm -hmm. will make you a delicious sandwich. This is not a sponsored program, but if you want to sponsor us, well, we'll take it. Email email us at our email at gmail.com. It's true. Wait, do you want to go into the intro of the show and then cover the film of the week this week? Oh, that's what we're doing? It's what, yeah. I guess, it's I guess we can do that. the whole point of the show. Okay. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about... The movies. This is our podcast, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on... The picture. Last week we had cinematographer Aaron Morton, uh, the cinematographer of The Evil Dead, or Evil Dead 2013. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, insightful, cool guest. Very um, cool. He also talks with us about working on the newest lord of the Rings series which will be coming out to amazon prime next summer something like that um and working on black mirror yes um bandersnatch i believe yeah. and and the show yeah but i just rewatched this movie and there's a lot going on visually and so it's not like we can go back and do the interview again no but it's almost like i'm glad we did the interview the first time because uh i like the movie Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> you like that profound statement? Yeah, no, it was really awesome. So is it my turn to try to do synopsis? Yeah, Parth. Um, wait, uh, yeah, the 10-word synopsis? <clears throat> yeah. I think this one's pretty easy. Go for it. Five friends go to cabin in woods. Evil gets them. Sure. And the real synopsis... Ooh, it starts off in a similar way. Maybe you plagiarized it. Uh, five friends head to a remote cabin. 
Oh, wow. Uh, I guess that is Where the discovery of a book of the dead leads them to unwittingly summon up demons living in the nearby woods. The budget of this film was $17 million How much did it make? U.S. dollars. And it made $97.5 million. Oh so God. almost broke the $100 million mark. Barth and I were just talking about the original Evil Dead, and we were surprised to find out that the budget was $350,000, which in movie language isn't that much money, but in terms of actual money, is still a lot that's of money. A, that's like a house. That's a house. Because in terms of... Like, first films, early 20s, breaking through, like, like Clerks and, you know, The Following were more in, like, sub $100,000 range. Or Following? What was Nolan's first thing? Follow, was, following. Yeah, that was $6,000. Yes. I mean, maybe 6,000 pounds, but yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get into the production history? Yeah, I'll get into the production history. Wait, let's do a quick shout-out to our army while we're here talking about Evil Dead. If you listen to this episode, what I think oh, you might true. like, what I think you might like, is our fiftieth episode spectacular with second unit director Doug Leffler. Doug Leffler was super cool and awesome and really nice to us. Yeah, or... I can't help but reference this episode again because hate to say it, one of our best interviews today. I, I agree. Happened to be our fiftieth, but if you like Evil Dead and you've come this far, I think you'll like that too. All right. Yeah. So to the production history. So Fide Alvarez and Roto Saiguez, I apologize if that's incorrect. Apologies to the Saiguez family. They co-wrote the script together, and then they had it doctored by Diablo Cody to Americanize the dialogue, as English was not either of the writer's first language. The film was produced by Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Robert Tappert, uh, original producers, directors, and actors of the first movie and the trilogy as a whole. Um... Raimi and Campbell had been planning a remake for many years, but in 2009, Campbell stated that the proposed remake was going nowhere and had fizzled out due to extremely negative fan reaction, and Campbell was also hesitant to have his own character be remade. Uh, in April 2011, Bruce Campbell stated in an Ask Me Anything interview on Reddit.com, quote, We are remaking Evil Dead. The script is awesome. The remake's going to kick some ass. You have my word. I guess he said that coming as a producer. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's weird. It seems like he didn't want to play Ash again, but is this before or after he does Ash versus the Evil Dead? No, I don't think the problem was that he didn't want to do Ash. I think the problem was they wanted to re do a remake, not something within the same continuity, not a sequel. Oh, and so like starting from the beginning, but with him? Without him. Okay, because this Evil Dead acknowledges the other movies, at least sort through of, yeah. the, the, the item of the Book of the Dead being the through line. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it's. I mean it's a remake. Originally, it was going to have Ash be played by a different person, mm. and since I guess he was. Yeah, I don't he, think that's. I think fans would have been very upset. Yeah, and and so was Bruce Campbell. He didn't want that happening. Um, the film was officially announced July two thousand eleven. Actor Shiloh Fernandez was cast in the lead male role of David. Initially, Lily Collins was scheduled to play the lead female role of Mia, but she dropped out in January two thousand twelve with Jane Levy replacing her the next month i hate to say it but i think this movie is a lot better with lily collins you do at least in the way that i know who that is and i uh actively didn't enjoy the actress who played really me. i uh, i guess we'll get into it but i, I like jane Levy. i think she's a cool cool little dude stay tuned um lou taylor pucci elizabeth blackmore and jessica lucas later joined the cast Alvarez said that the film did not employ any CGI except for touching up existing practical effects, which you can see. Wow, that's surprising. In quote saying, We didn't do anything CGI in the movie. Everything you will see is real, which was really demanding. 
this was a very long shoot, 70, 70 days of shooting at night. There's a reason people use CGI. It's cheaper and faster. I hate that. We researched a lot of magic tricks and illusion tricks. I was genuinely shocked a moment ago to learn this because in my notes I made a comment about how I figured most of this was CGI no. and that part of the magic of the original trilogy is all the practical effects. But here we are. Yeah. I guess with Raimi producing, it would really kind of be blasphemous for him to oversee the project if it was going to be so, you know, to, to go against the, the founding principles of the original. Sure. Trent, you want to hit us with some fun facts? 95% of the remake was shot in order, and this was done so they could throw blood on the walls and not worry about continuity. And this is funny because if you've listened to any of the Evil Dead commentaries, they, Sam Raimi especially is pointing out constantly all the continuity errors of Ash being bloody or not when he should or shouldn't be. Um, the first letters of the main characters, David, Eric, Mia, Olivia, and Natalie, are the letters that spell out demon. I didn't know that, but I guess I would have had to... I, until mm. I compiled this fun fact list, I did not know that. I would have had to work really hard to just infer that from the, the text. The film was banned in Ukraine for its extreme violence. Um, Ashton Kutcher and Marlon Wayans were right. considered for the role of Ash Williams for a version of the remake that was in pre-production in 2003. Uh, Ashton Kutcher is Ash. Give me your 10 seconds. Bad. Cool. Um, I, I, I like Ashton Kutcher, but he's not Ash. Yeah. Uh, for, this is the first and only film in the Evil Dead franch, franchise to be over 90 minutes. Well, that's if you don't count the international cut of Army of Darkness, but true. Okay. The, the, the theatrical cut in the U.S. is 82 minutes long. And you said you watched Evil Dead 2 last night just for its... That, uh, oh, wait, no, maybe 80, Evil Dead 2 is 82 minutes long, but Evil or Army of Darkness is also in the 80-minute range. But you said you watched Evil Dead 2 last night specifically for its efficiency, which yeah, is yeah, sometimes what I'm looking short. for when I'm like, I want to watch a movie that's essentially just a long TV show, yeah. and that's what the first two Evil Deads function as. This production used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Fide Alvarez, the director, who also directed Don't Breathe? When he directed he? Don't Breathe, uh, and co-wrote it, I believe. Cool. Uh, Fide Alvarez said 50,000 gallons used for the final scene alone, um, the you know raining blood scene. Uh, the production used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Fide Alvarez, the director of the Don't Breathe movies, said 50,000 gallons were used in the final scene alone. This is the raining blood scene. Compared to the original, which only used 200 to 300 gallons. I don't know who's out there measuring the amount of gallons that, that were pouring, but that's a lot of gallons. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a large volume of fake blood. Do you want to get into the next section? Sure. Um... So we have four. We usually have three one-star reviews. This is from Brittany with one T. I just wanted to make that clear. On June 5th, 2021, she said, Don't waste your time. To start off, I do not review anything on a normal basis. I watched this movie with my spouse, and I really did not enjoy it, and I'm hoping to save someone else some time. I'm really not sure how it got such good reviews. If this is your cup of tea, more power to you. Summary. An unbelievable plot with tons of unbelievable gore. Some scenes were even laughable with how ridiculous they were. You know that it's an impactful uh, review if they started by saying, I don't normally review things. Yeah, because this, I, this got them to review I something. either really like or really dislike whatever I'm about to comment on. Uh, this next one is by Carrie, and it's titled No, and it says, did not like. Succinct. Succinct, yeah. Do you think she reviews things often? Uh, 
maybe i mean if there is as short and yeah maybe they're just going through like every film on amazon yeah do you mind if i say one of the short ones i, I, I was gonna say in the order i proposed it would be unfair with the distribution yeah, and i really like this one cool this is by dennis hopefully not one of the personalities from oh. split it, i was also ew, just gonna say ew. dennis nedry from jurassic park oh or him oh parth do you want to hear something what? it's crazy and it's jurassic park related please so um, I was watching Jurassic Park mm-hmm. with uh, Tamara, my housemate, the other right. day. And it's there's a scene between Dennis Nedry, played by Wayne Knight, and uh, John Hammond, the owner and operator of Jurassic Park. Sure. And she says, oh, is that guy that guy's son? And I literally barked at her, and I was like, Tamara, what, what are you talking about? Where are you getting that from? No. Like, he's just, like, some hacker guy. Oh, my God. And then in class today, in my science fiction class, um, someone raised their hand and they were talking, I mean, all you talk about in film studies classes is like themes and stuff. And so he was talking about the, like the theme of like father, of motherhood and fatherhood in Jurassic Park, which is very apparent. But he said, oh, because John Hammond's son, the hacker guy, betrays him. And I, I look don't over, have the same last name. I know it's Dennis Nedry and John Hammond. And I look over to Jackson Clark, friend of the show. Tune in to, to he's, he's our two only, episodes, our only two time guest. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, very impressive. Um, I turn over to him and I'm like, "What is this bullshit? Like, and am I crazy?" And he looks it up in the middle of the lecture, and it says that Dennis Nedry is John Hammond's stepson. Is that ever referenced? In, is I, I, I don't know. I have to go back, or maybe do. A, have you read the book? Because I haven't. I don't. I don't know. But I just thought I would share this information. I don't have the full story yet, and that's I. That's insane. I don't believe it to be true, but it seems like everyone is telling me otherwise. That's insane. Sorry for the detour, but do no, you no, mind? no. But this is from Dennis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that's where we started. <laughs> uh, Dennis Nedry, Dennis of the Beast, or Desin, De- Dennis as in the one star the menace. review. Yeah. Or well. Yeah, we don't know which one it is. He reviewed um, Evil Dead as a one-star film. So Dennis, on March 6, 2021, goes, Not the worst. A little strange. To circle back to Dennis, there's a joke in a Family Guy episode, and it's someone reading the newspaper, and they say, Dennis doesn't even do anything mean anymore. This should just be called Dennis. (laughs) All right, but on to our our final review. I'm giving this a one-star review on the fact that what is advertised is not what you get. I always buy films with digital copies. This says it comes with it, and it does not. I love having the option to watch movies on the go, and I was really looking forward to this one. I will keep the movie, but I am disappointed by not receiving the digital code. Okay. I know we clown on people for having complaints with the packaging or, or you know, physical problems that they have with the movie. Yeah, they order the Blu-ray and they get the DVD. Yeah. I know we clown on people like that. But you know me. You know that I love my digital codes. Yeah. And I, I sympathize with you, Jameson. I, I do. If you, I'm sure this this is a realistic problem. Have you ever ordered a Blu-ray when promised a digital code and it's been empty? And um, would you, would that draw you to write a once review of a I, movie that you like? I don't know that I've ever written a review of a film on Amazon. Um, like, are the people who write these reviews, like, are they... Are they exercising their own demons, or do they think that they're doing it for the general public? Both. Well, I think they think, I think they tell themselves that this is for the public, and that's the reasoning they give themselves to do this for themselves. 
So do you want to get into the meat and potatoes of the show? I guess so. Are we, wait, are we past the whole, it's just us now, isn't it? What we like, what we didn't like? What's working and what isn't working. Yeah. Um, I have a comment to start us off. <laughs> this was said with a lot of passion, and you guys can't see Trent's face, but it's a, it's a particular face. What I'm going to say is that the Evil Dead trilogy is the original, excuse me, famous for being a horror comedy genre. Mm. And this movie includes exactly, I was keeping track, zero comedy, zero laughs. Mm. You that's didn't just, like when just... that one joke happened? What was the one joke? It was, you know, this movie got a lot of hate. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't remember. I was twelve when this movie came out. Oh I, I, wait, sorry. Just while we're talking about our first introduction to this movie, is I remember seeing the commercial for the Evil Dead movie when I was exactly twelve, and all. Do you remember when you're a kid and just like single f- frames or images get burned into your mind, and then you just think about those? But it's not like zombies as a concept. It's just like that one zombie face you yeah. saw once. So the Evil Dead commercial, it was the it was Mia's zomb or Mia's monster like poking up out under the basement, and also I remember a fair amount of like blood vomiting happening, and then there are in big text on the screen saying like this is the scariest movie ever, and I genuinely thought for many years that the Evil Dead remake must have been the scariest movie ever, in the sure. same way that. Do you remember when you were growing up and you're, whenever anyone talked about The Shining, they were like, that's the scariest movie ever. And sure. then you actually watch The Shining and you're like, that was kind of scary. But like, I'm not, yeah. not going to have I mean, Like with that. many classic movies, they're kind of dated, heralded. Yeah. And then. Of all the, I have to say this movie was very gore oriented. Sure. I mean, as the Evil Dead yeah. always is. Um, I mean, I remember you, you watched this movie yesterday. Mm-hmm. You watched it once before, I think, just before interview? Before the interview, so I could have something resembling in academic questions for our very nice guest. And you didn't like it that much. But you you told me yesterday, because, fun fact, Trent and I have been working together on set, and yep. will be for the next few weeks. Yep. Um, and you told me that you rewatched it and found yourself enjoying it more. Yeah, and the funny thing is, circling back to my Wi-Fi predicament, using my phone as a hotspot, my laptop couldn't handle it, and so I watched this entire film on my phone uh, in the dark, uh, horizontally last night, and maybe it's because I'm in the Halloween mood, but I had some spooky fun with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, how can I say, I enjoy it mostly as reference material to the original, which or the originals, which I enjoy so much, just in the way that, like, you can watch the new Star Wars movie and be like, this kind of sucks, but I'm enjoying it because I like... It reminds me of things that I enjoy more. Exactly. I mean, I think that what's interesting about this movie is people kind of got pissed off about the fact that it's, A, that a remake was happening, Mm -hmm. and B, that when the remake did happen, it's not a horror comedy. It Mm -hmm. is really just a horror film. Yes. What I would say to that is... Even if they did try to emulate the horror comedy aspect, it wouldn't have worked because part of what makes Evil Dead, the Evil Dead trilogy so great, is Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. It's not like Evil Dead as a concept is so profound or something. It was that specific uh, matchup of Sam right Raimi and Bruce at the Campbell. Right time. Yeah. yeah, and so and, and it's it's not it's the same thing that kind of happened with like Ghostbusters, I think, mm. where 
the Ghostbusters as a concept is not that genius of an idea. It was you the people have involved. The, yeah, you have these incredible comedians and a good director helming it. Yeah. And so my take on this New Evil Dead is I'm glad it kind of chooses its own path. Because otherwise down. it would have been a huge disappointment. Yeah, and it's and it's it doesn't feel like a creatively bankrupt decision the no. way the, the way that they've gone because it feel like Fide Alvarez speaks on it, but um, all the practical effects. I feel like a lot of times nowadays people use that as like, oh, we use practical effects now. <laughs> but like here, it's actually impressive. Yeah. Because half the time people are lying uh-huh. when they, like there's practical effects in that they Part built like two sets. They use, they made they built like two sets mm-hmm. and it's like all CG extension and then they just lie that there's no CGI in the movie and there's CG in this movie but it's all enhancing practical effects that already exist within the movie accenting it yeah, yeah and I think that what they're able to accomplish in camera is really really impressive and it's it's taking the original concept which again not that novel of a concept but taking that original concept and expanding on it and doing something new with it and. Um, you know, it has a budget of $17 million and it has like, obviously the actors are getting paid a little bit more and all the crew are being paid a little bit more, but you can feel the, the, the larger sense of the production value, I think. And especially towards the end when it gets so big and like bigger in, eh, I guess not bigger than army of darkness in terms of scale, but in terms Mm -hmm. of like, you can tell that this is, this has more money behind it. Do you think the Army of Darkness budget is more than this? No, 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 no. But like Army of Darkness, they're in a castle, and no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm just saying numbers wise. What, what's I more? Don't, I don't. Th- I don't remember. I, mean, I guess we talked about it, but I don't. At remember. one point, yeah. But something <clears throat> I'll say about your about the Raimi uh, Campbell factor, I think, is everything. And you know, the Evil Dead, like you said, wasn't that original of a concept. As in, I mean. It's interesting to look at because Evil Dead is sort of playing off like the building horror trope of Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. So much it's like, you know, horny teens who are going to take their tops off and then get killed. Um, and, you know, that's going bit. It's on like the heels of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then everything coming after the Evil Dead is imitating or commenting on the Evil Dead. And the interesting thing about remaking it is because. It's, like, doing its own tropes, but now, like, they're really dated. But it's, like, they're referencing themselves, so is it okay, or is it tropey now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I mean, it plays it straight. Yeah. I I mean, like, I haven't seen the Cabin in the Woods movie. I'm glad you brought... I was gonna bring up Cabin in the Woods, because it came came out in 2011, and I think... That's a better Evil Dead remake. I think, for all intents and purposes, Cabin in the Woods is a better Evil Dead remake. Interesting. I mean, like, to judge this movie on its own terms, I think what it's doing, if it did not have Evil Dead attached to it, I would say this is an above-average horror movie, Mm -hmm. I think. Because there's... That that would be forgotten by time. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But, but, I mean, it's better than, like, fucking, you know, The Nun 2 or whatever. Yeah, or or The Conjuring 3 or Annabelle 16. Exactly. I think this movie has more creative... Um, integrity mm-hmm. in that the, it kind of you can I think you can feel that the director cares about this movie and you can feel that the people involved are they care and like I mean you brought up that you didn't really care for Jane Levy but I, I like her in the movie and I think partially part of the reason that I like her is that she seems very game the way Bruce Campbell is very game yeah. to just take it 
Yeah, to be ab- to be covered in blood and guts for like the whole second half of the film. And yeah, just and be like down. crush, have their arm cr- like just a cut, shit ton of cut awful, your fucking arm off. Yeah, like a bunch of awful, awful acts. Yeah, and to do that for what it's a seventy night straight. Yeah, that and that's absolutely and brutal. When we talked with Aaron Morton, he was saying that like she was like a trooper, like she just was like I'm game for it and didn't complain. Yeah, and he was like as awful as it was for us to be in this condition, she's the one covered in blood. Yeah, so you can't, you're not really in a position to complain. And I feel like, especially with that ending, I think the ending, I I think the ending makes this movie. Yes, because it <laughs> it, it it does what the other movies don't necessarily do or didn't have the money to do also i found out army of darkness 11 million dollar budget so this is officially the highest budgeted evil dead film yes what it does towards the end with like raining blood sequence and i mean especially i mean not to gas up our uh guest but i think the movie looks really really good and all of the smoke and fog and mist it looks like there's some sequences that i think look really beautiful disgusting as they are i will quickly say that what I think, I think the original Evil Dead trilogy, as much as I love it, without uh, Bruce Campbell, I don't know if we're talking about it right now. And I think that this movie doesn't have a Bruce Campbell. It also doesn't really have, Bruce Campbell's the most likable main character in the world. And everyone around him is kind of like intentionally like empty. Mm-hmm. Not empty, but just underdeveloped. Sure. And I just think not a single character in this is particularly likable. And that's a problem if you're going to be spending 90 minutes with them and you want to be invested in their survival sure i mean i think that's a fair criticism i i think that like having the idea that she's a recovering uh drug addict i think that's interesting i don't know that it's like developed as much as it could be but i, I, think... I, was, I was gonna say it's putting this is the first time quote real plot has been introduced into evil dead uh, i would say army of darkness has like a yeah, that's the first one where it's like plot, but this is like the first one where it's like a real like this isn't a joke. And I want to criticize it because it's kind of out of nowhere, and that's not really what the movie's about. But I do like it in the way that Mia is turning evil, or she's possessed, and they're just like she's reacting really poorly yes. to withdrawals. I th- I think that's clever. Oh, totally. Be- because otherwise, how do you get? them to stay in the cabin for so long exactly otherwise there's just clearly a demon in your sister yeah or really she just wants heroin <clears throat> or whatever that is it's white powder is that what heroin i guess it's good we don't know yeah yeah uh, yeah if Trent and i wa- are straight edges if anyone wants to send us an email telling us what heroin is or does or looks like reach us at gmail at gmail.com i genuinely don't think i know what heroin looks like all right let's um <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 uh hope that the good listeners send us some images um, do you want me to read something off my note sheet? Of course. I like it in movies when body parts get cut off. Mm-hmm. Like, a head here, an arm there, a leg there. But I think as a general rule, you can only cut off one of each body part per movie. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're like, so you're cutting off an arm again? And in this movie, two different characters cut off their arms and both of them are kind of dope. The first one is with the chainsaw. I think the second one's more fun. And the second one's with the car. Yeah. And both of them are pretty intense. But I can't help but feel like one of these should have been a leg. Because no legs get cut off. And it's more... I suppose, yeah. Remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they're referencing pretty clearly in the first the first kill. Or the first cutoff. Yes. Um, with the chainsaw. Evil with... Dead 2. Yes. Um, is, it's a pretty clear reference. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I enjoy the scenes. 
as far, I mean, I wanted to compliment, I mean, it's just a little obvious reference to Evil Dead 2, because uh, Ash with just Every one... Every movie should have a reference to Evil Dead 2. Yeah, but Ash with one arm shotgun, one arm chainsaw is inherently awesome. But I will say that the signature quote weapon of this movie with like the like the car battery and like the double needle thing to the re- nail gun. Oh, well, the nail gun is also I awesome. Think, I think that's cool. Yeah, I will say quick reference to nail guns is while watching the movie, I was like, oh, I have a brief nail gun story. My friend works at a bike shop sort of thing. Mm. And he said on the first day, some guy comes up to you with a nail gun and he like is like I, I'm hold this to your head and pull it because and it won't shoot you because it, it like all nail guns like need contact to not do exactly what this movie does. So unrealistic in that way, but the idea of a nail gun as weapon, I love. Oh, and also they do the necklace in this movie, but it's kind of dumb and kind of like not developed. Sure, I mean like what I appreciate about this movie as opposed to what it kind of I, I graded a little bit on a curve of mm-hmm. what. What could this movie have been? Or what could it have been? Because, or if I hadn't seen those original films, it being, like, confusing and being like, what is going on here? Um, So I appreciate that. Um, And I don't know. I don't know what what else a good Evil Dead remake would have been. Because if you stray too far from it, it's no longer Evil Dead. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to talk about... It's an interesting choice when you decide to reboot or remake a movie because clearly redoing like Psycho shot for shot, I like I think that that is a great concept. And I, I think, think that's an awful. I mean, I don't think you should remake any movie. Shot well, it's for pointless shot. because someone already made it, and yes. because you're remaking it, and especially if it's a well-respected movie, it's not going to be as good. No. So I guess don't go in that direction. And I understand. Yeah, you have to take it in a new direction. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, the, 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 I think we shared a, a quote last week from the uh, Suspiria guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the Suspiria guy. I mean, he he pretty much said that like if you're going to, if if you change it too much, you're straying too far from the original, and there's no point in remaking yeah, it. Yeah, call it something different. But if you remake it and it's exactly the same, why, why did you re- remake it? Yeah, why remake? You it? could have just had seen the original movie. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the bind they're kind of in. I think I'm of the belief that a remake should only really happen in two cases. And one is a movie has a good concept but does it badly. Mm-hmm. And the other idea is a movie has a good concept and does it well, and you can just do it a different way. Or maybe the third option is sort of like the Blade Runner 2049. where it's But like, that's a sequel. Yeah, I guess it's not even a remake. I was just going to say it's the same thing, but so much time has passed that it just the characters are in... The same place that another's older. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I would say that Blade Runner twenty forty nine isn't the best example because because that's that's they're dealing with all new characters and like I mean, you could almost say like The Force Awakens is almost more of a remake yeah. category, and even that I would argue it's it's it kind of just obviously using, changes enough. Yeah, and it, it's it's using the same format to tell to start off these brand new characters. So Parth, you know how you love quote dirty movies, not. I'm movies, sorry. Not nu- not movies with explicit nudity, but you no, often say that movies that look dirty. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 
is the quintessence of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't. This movie feels too clean for me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I know that there's like blood everywhere, but I obviously it's just the forty year. I mean, it's shot on film versus shot digital, so that's just definitely part of it. And mm-hmm. also, Evil Dead is part of what I like about it is that it's so low budget, and then this is no longer low budget Evil Dead. Um, that's true. It doesn't really bother me too much here. I mean, like, I do love, like, would I love it if this movie was shot on, like, 16mm film or something? Sure. Um, but I don't think the digitalness of this movie necessarily hurts it. Um, you want to hear some things I liked? Yeah, yeah. Um, the title card. Sure, remind me of it. Yeah, well, you have the whole uh, pre. Oh yes, 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 yes. You have the prelude of essentially the shit that goes down in the basement, which is interesting because there's no real exposition. There's no real background information of what makes the original cabin haunted. No, and it's kind of just like what they read in the Book of the Dead. Mm -hmm. But here you have a pretty. I mean, I think it was smart that just because in remaking the movie they had to show within the first five minutes, like they're not fucking around. And they, like, just, like, show, like, a young girl, like, burning. And, like, she's pretty demony. Yeah. And then cut and his, to... And her father, right? Yeah. And burning her, her. Yes. It's very intense. And then cut to very loud noise, evil dead, large, red, bold text. And I'm like, let's fucking go. Yes. that's. I think that's pretty awesome. And also an equally intense end card. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I think, like, I guess I we're close to closing this one out. I mean, I think, like, on the whole, I think um, what this movie excels at is visuals. I think it's really visually interesting and different and differs itself from the original enough that it feels like its own thing, but not so much that it doesn't feel like it's not Evil Dead. And I appreciate the ending. I just mm-hmm. think that... The, blo- the blood rain part. Yeah, it just... it And it also... Like the end, final boss demon guy coming, yeah. coming out of the ground like that. Um, it's awesome. It does something different, and yeah. it, it takes the rules of the original and does something fun with them, which I, I appreciate. In terms of what I didn't like, I mean, it. I agree. The characters are not the best, mm-hmm. and and they kind of just feel like stock white people come to cabin. Yeah, you're just waiting for them to get like ripped apart by the monster of the hour. And like the original Evil Dead gets away with that because it's it's more about the style of the filmmaking mm-hmm. um, and like the crazy camera movement and all the actors are just like Sam Raimi's friends so they're they're not great actors so yeah. that's also adds to part of the but charm. But it's caking them so heavily in, in prosthetics and makeup that you don't you, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah. And I think that this movie would have a better reputation. Or I don't know that it has like a terrible reputation. No, it seems like it has predominantly positive reviews i think it would have maybe had more of an impact and maybe gotten like a sequel in its own continuity if it had and as much as i like jane levy if it had something on a bruce campbell level because bruce campbell there's no main there's no main character well there's no it's like is it the brother is it the sister i mean i think the sister becomes the main character yeah it ends up being her especially after the uh the brother's blown i I think it's like a it's a movie of like self-actualization and whatever but like there is no oh fuck that's this franchise. Yeah. Like, Ash Williams is Evil Dead. And if you wanted to successfully maybe spawn off a new sub-franchise with this remake, they needed something. And I don't think they fully got that, but I also don't think it's fair to want something as cool as Bruce Campbell from any movie. 
that doesn't happen. Um, I think this movie had to go huge on the gore factor, at least in the way to get people to talk about it, because this movie knew that it couldn't have all of the same magic. And so it's like, what can we add? And it's 70,000 gallons of blood. Sure. Sure. Compared to two to three hundred gallons the first time around, it, it, at least in the way of like if you get someone to watch Saw, if Saw isn't their forte, at least they'll go home and they'll tell their wife or kids about it because they were like, I saw something disturbing today. Sure. And it seems like through some of the reviews, they the movie definitely went a long ways to like you know have people you know suck on razor blades or cut their face off and just really do some. Uh, some body mutilation. Yeah, some, some, you know, some images that you stick with you uh, when you're alone at night. Um, but you know, I, I'm certainly not turned off by the gore genre. Um, but I must say, when the woman was cutting her arm off with the chainsaw, I, I like turned away a little bit. I was mm -hmm. like, this is a lot. Sure. Uh, have we gotten to our? Ratings gauntlet. I'm, I'm out of things to say, pretty much. Uh, I, this is the end of the section where Trent quickly says all the things in his notes that uh, didn't find its way into the show. They are obviously the blood light bulb is from that's yeah. the original, but I like the callback. That's in the second movie, isn't it? I believe it, but just the the imagery of that is still yeah. so nice. Uh, they do the tree scene again mm -hmm. to less effect, I think. Um, the girl who cuts her face off in the bathroom and then like crawls after the bearded guy with the blade of glass. That scene is really fucking intense. Mm -hmm. I like the modernized Book of the Dead, like wrapped in the barbed wire and the plastic. Yeah. Because if it was just the Book of the Dead in its original form, I would have been like, eh. But I'm like, well, obviously it's that underneath. But I'm like, this is like white trash Book of the Dead. <laughs> and it, right, well, and yeah. that's what yeah. the, the prelogue is. is saying like, here are all these like hicks in the woods, like, burning each other up. And, I, I, yeah, and, like, the writing on the pages and all that, it's nice. Oh, um, is that, obviously, this is a trope, and this is Evil Dead playing off itself, but if you go into the woods, and there's a book there, and it's written in an old, dead language, don't recite the words verbatim. Parth, um, will something bad happen if you do this? I don't know. It's not like there's four movies about it. Do you think demons will be unleashed? If you say, if you speak in Latin for long enough? Awesome. Walk, go watch The Sinister Alive. Parth, oh, I meant to show this on the show and I'll quickly say it. Um, the first time, my first interaction ever with you, um, it was you and friend of the show, Alex Lane, talking about Evil Dead 2. And I said, oh, you guys have seen Evil Dead? And that's when I knew that Parth and I might be friends. Yeah, this is the linchpin of our friendship. And what brought us it's together? It's the only thing holding us together, frankly. It's, well, it's, uh, let's not get into that. That's Once we cover all therapy. four Evil Dead movies, the show's over. We're halfway there. Yeah, we are we going to... I guess we could do one and two as like one thing. Maybe. I feel like we, there's we, not enough to say. We have trouble finding guests for older movies. And have maybe been rejected by some people. I don't know if we're at liberty to talk about this, but ask Parth and I if you ever see us. If you ever see us, we'll tell you how somebody was not happy to be contacted by me. And it's someone of such stature that we can't say it here on the air. Um, it was not Sam Raimi, though. I will no, oh, say that. Oh. It was not him. 
Not Sam Raimi, no. Um, all right. Would you like to enter the Raiding Scarlet? All right. Oh, fuck. Sound effect. Go! Cue the nuclear bomb sound effect. Oh, here's the fallout. Ow, my skin is burning. All right. Who goes? You? Me? Um, you. Alright, I'll Wait, go first. I mean, would I recommend it? Sure. I think it's a fun horror movie. Watch it with friends. Uh, would I rewatch it? Eh, not so much. I mean, I think that it's not. Uh, I would rewatch, but not as much as I would rewatch like the originals because I think um, those are just so creative and just so fucking weird and different yeah. from other movies. Just any movie, not just horror movies. And. As a 23-year-old making a movie in the woods. Oh my god, it's fucking depressing that he was only 23. As film students only a few years away from that age, the idea of making something to the scale and quality of Evil Dead is rather intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. But I think that it's still, like, a fun movie that if you were to watch it every, every like, Halloween time-ish... Sure, I think that's like a perfectly fair. I yeah. do that. If your Wi-Fi is out, be like Trent and get under the covers the and turn turn your phone sideways. Did you watch it on my account, or did you did you watch it through legal means? I watched it through illegal means. We don't need to talk about that. Um, but I will quickly say this movie is ninety-one minutes long. Something like that, yeah. And um, love a short movie. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Oh, and my rating, I'll give uh, 7 out of 10. Okay. Would I recommend not yes and not no? I mean, first I would obviously recommend either any any of the... I would recommend you watch the Evil Dead franchise in chronological order. Um, and then if you like all three of those movies, watch this one. Because okay, sure. like, like we were talking about earlier, it's fun to watch things that reference things that you already like. And that helps you like the second thing. That's talking about the first thing. Whatever you watch, I'm in no particular rush to. And five and a half out of ten. Damn. That's kind of low. I feel like you spoke more positively about it than a five and a half. It's doing a worse job of something that I really like. You know? I suppose it's fair. It's not a negative review, I guess. No, no. I I feel like... uh, If you're a long-time listener, you may realize that Trent gives everything a six or a seven. And maybe I'm trying to crack down and be a little bit more positive or negative. Hmm. Trying to hand out some uh, some fives and some eights this year. Wow. Yeah, we're almost done with this year. Oh, and oh. happy Halloween to our listeners. This I forgot about that. This episode's coming out on Halloween. Yes. Um, speaking of Halloween, if you're listening, this episode will come out on Sunday. Trent, uh, don't tell his parents. Trent is getting a Halloween tattoo on oh Saturday. Um, What's it up, Trent? Tell, tell the listeners. Tell the listeners. Well, I'll tell you, uh, our Wi-Fi, oh, as you know, our Wi-Fi is out. And so last night, me and my housemates watched all three of the Charlie Brown holiday specials. And I did this to make sure that Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin held up, which it does. And this is because on my left thigh, I am getting um, Charlie Brown and uh, another one of the peanuts in their ghost costumes. Charlie Brown with all the holes in it and him holding up a rock and underneath subtitled, I got a rock. Can I have an extra piece of candy for my stupid brother? He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin. 
It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead line. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. And this nice. is my, this is my first tattoo, and I'm very excited. And maybe I'll post a picture on the pod page. Oh, we should do that. It'll be just in time for Halloween. Ah! All right. yep. And you're wearing a Michael Myers shirt. Yeah, I wore my Halloween um, 1978 shirt to class today, hoping that my professor would notice it because I'm in love with him. Yeah, he talks about him all the time. Yep. Um, he didn't. He didn't. He but didn't, he does love Halloween. He didn't make talk about it. But it's almost Halloween, so I'm wearing the shirt. Okay. Um, do we? Oh my God! Wait, a, are we releasing the solo or are we releasing what we're thinking of first? Are we doing it? Yeah, it's next week. That's after. Okay. Um, Trent, what's a film that... (laughs) It's not a film that we deserve, but it's the one we needed back in 2008. I referenced... Well, okay. Do you know when you're in a lecture and you're thinking, like, oh, if I get the opportunity to raise my hand, like, this is what I'm going to say? Yeah. I was going to quote the Joker if I got called on today. Do you want to hear what I was going to say? I'd love to hear it. Okay, so we were talking about Jurassic Park, obviously, and we were talking about, like, the portrayal of the dinosaurs, and I was like, they bring back the T-Rex at the end, not only to be the hero, but it's to show that, oh, I mean, we had to do a reading, and Spielberg was like, I'm trying to make these animals, which up to this point have always been portrayed as monsters. I'm trying to make them as familiar and as animalistic as possible. I really have no idea where this is going. No, that's not a... That's oh, not a, oh, oh, it's, it's leading towards the Joker. Yeah, 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 I know. And so in the final scene, the, the, the T-Rex comes back and saves the day and kills and eats the Velociraptors and the, the gang is able to escape. And I would have said, this is to show that, like, there's no good and evil. Like, this, these are just animals, like, in nature. And I was going to say, I don't mean to quote the Joker, but the thing about chaos is it's fair. It's true. Because, because you know, know, nature is just chaos. It's true. And, and uh, you chaos. know what he is? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an agent of chaos. Oh. So, um, Parth, do you think next week we will use any audio clips? See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> and, oh, wait, and we can say who the guest is. We can say what the whole episode is, Trent. Wow, so... This has been under wraps for a while. We've been teasing this one for a few months. Yeah, we've been doing everything in our power to not talk about how we're covering The Dark Knight because we're so fucking excited. Um, You know, Christopher Nolan's 2008 film? Classic. Classic film. Modern classic. Yeah. Um, Do you think... Oh, wait, Parth, do you think there will be any Joker clips? Or, no? I don't know. Um, Do you want to know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savor all the little emotions. You see, in their 
last moments, people show you who they really are. So, in a way, I knew your friends better than you ever did. Would you like to know which of them were cowards? Um, uh, <laughs> no, wait, do you think there'll be any Joker impressions? I don't know. The thing about me is I'm just a dog chasing cars. Is it? Is that true? I want my phone call. Go on it! Oh! So you must be Harvey Squeeze. You are beautiful. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we are tonight's entertainment. <laughs> we could go on, guys. So, wait. Next week is going to be... Our interview with Steadicam operator Bob Gorlick. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot what the interview was for a second. Yeah, it's with him. You guys, you don't realize we've been we, – we did all of our interviews for the rest of the year, all but two, mm-hmm. in August. So yeah. this has been a long time coming. But what I didn't forget is that Bob Gorlick was also Steadicam operator – wait, on a little film known as um, Pulp Fiction. Do the Right Thing? Oh, also, he worked on, yeah, um, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. So it's almost like he worked on, like, a decade-defining film, like, every decade for the past four decades. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he was just, like, uh, a dude, and he, like, gave us, like, an hour of his time. He was very nice to us. And we asked him a bunch of questions. And I guess after that, we're going to discuss The Dark Knight. And I don't know. It's going to be crazy. It's Guys. I, I'm, like, you I get have no idea. Parthen and I are going to lose our shit. And, like, here's the thing. I can't add that many Joker clips to my episode because it's an interview. We like we like to keep those pretty professional. But the discussions, those are things Trent edits. Yeah, I've got the discussion in the palm of my hand. And I have YouTube to MP3 converter on standby. We keep making that convert- joke, but we've never explained it. Basically, we get our clips from YouTube. That's why that's why it's so powerful. Yes, um, and we hope that no one listening to this will trademark us. Um, yeah, no, um, that's it, it's an exciting time. Are you getting to, overwhelmed by the enormity of what's to come. It's an exciting time to uh, to be a podcaster, or at least to be on this podcast. I can't craft services. I can't speak on other podcasts, most notably Team Deacons. Pop. I was well. I was going to say I can speak. Oh, for Team Deacons, and it's it's miserable over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, while they may be having industry professionals that are operating on a talent level way beyond anything we will ever possess, yeah. we got Bob fucking Gorlick, who's worked on Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Do the Right Thing, and Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. So, fuck Team Deacons? Yeah, so, so we, we asked him about, about like shooting an IMAX. Oh, and he talked about, you know, all the work that went into it, so... Make sure you guys listen to our episode next week. Follow all our social media and see you next week. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye.